On this episode of Patriots Unpacked, we preview the much-anticipated Buccaneers at Patriots Week 4 matchup. We'll get Hilly uh, on and discuss the start of the season here with the Patriots and, of course, uh, Brady's return to New England. Sorry I was off last week, uh, did some traveling and I wasn't able to, to put together a, a pod, so my apologies, but we're back here and looking forward to discussing uh, Brady against the Patriots here, much anticipated matchup, so let's get Hilly on the line right now. Hilly, how's it going? Case, how was it going on this fine Thursday evening on the last day of September? Uh, wonderful, wonderful. Looking forward to uh, October. So the last time we spoke about a month ago, sun was shining, drinking the Kool-Aid. I think we were both <laughs> drinking the Kool-Aid. Uh, the leaves were turning colors. There was optimism in the air, not just from the Patriots, but every sports team in Boston feeling good. Now, three weeks into the season, Patriots are one and two, and I must say uh, an ugly one and two. I beat a, obviously a bad Jets team that basically gave them the ball time after time, and then Dolphins Saints losses at home. Ah, oh, man, not uh, I don't, not obviously the start that that we were anticipating. So, tell me how you're feeling after three weeks. I think the when we when we wrapped the last podcast, I think the last thing we talked about was, you know, making sure we kept a recording of that podcast long term <laughs> so that when my mood invariably went to misery, we'd be able to revisit it. And I mean, literally we're already there and it's a month into the season. Um yeah, you know, the twelve and five prediction doesn't look as good anymore. Maybe five and twelve at this point, but uh, it's yeah, it's just been disappointing. Like they're one and two, and okay, but it's just the way they lost. I mean, they they threw away that Miami game. They, they should have won that game. Um, that game might have been their best game of the three, honestly. Um, I've just been, you know, there's just been a few major disappointments. Number one, the offense. I think the offensive line is just. It hasn't been anywhere near what I would have expected. They haven't been able to really run the ball with any consistency. And Jones has been – he's just been under attack. He got hit double digits against Miami, hit double digits again last week. He's just, you know, he's taking a beating, and he's not holding on to the ball. He's getting it out. It's just the the lack of protection and the lack of movement in the running game has been the single biggest disappointment to me. And, you know – it's it's tough to win when you uh, when you can't protect your quarterback or or consistently run the ball. Yeah, just bad. Uh, I mean, bad penalties. The special teams, you know, the block punt last week, uh, kicking them all out of bounds. I mean, poor performance, poor coaching. Let me ask you. Let's talk about the offensive line. I know you know losing Trent Brown um, was uh, obviously not helping matters. So he goes down. The first game after that, they, you know, they go with um, with Heron, I think, and mm-hmm. not not too good. So, and this one, you know, I kind of look to the coaching decision there. I mean, why do you not move uh, on when you out to tackle and, and put Karras in? I mean, I'll give you one game, okay, but then to do it again, um, you know, are you putting your best five up there at that, at that point? So that, you know, there's probably numerous coaching decisions that we can 
be critical about, but I want to touch on that one. Um, maybe not moving on when are you out outside? Yeah, it's definitely surprising because, you know, like you said, the first game, you know, you're you're doing it on the fly. You bring Heron in. He had some problems. They actually brought Durant in, who they had just what picked up from Kansas City. I yeah, think, yeah. The week, uh, the last week of camp, um, that was really no better. So, I am surprised that they haven't brought, uh, you know, Kerrison to be the interior lineman and move, move uh, when you out to to tackle. I mean, he played a lot of tackle last year, um, and he did a really good job. So, I I'm flummoxed about that. I I don't really know what the thought process is. It's just one of those things where. You know, Belichick obviously has his reasons for doing what he's doing, but on the face of it, right tackle has been a major problem, but it also hasn't been the only problem, right? Like I think mm-hmm. if it was just right tackle, it'd be a little easier to pinpoint, but it, it's been across the board, except for Andrews has played pretty well, um, but they've had trouble across the board. Wins had some major league trouble um, holding up in, in protection. And uh, so it just, it just, the unit as a whole just has not been good. I wonder, you know, they had two coaches last year, right? Brasillo, um left this year, um, vaccine stuff. So he's out. So I, you know, I, I don't know if they're feeling the loss of Skarnecchia more this year um, or what, but it just doesn't look like a unit that's gelled or anything like that. And they're completely, they built a football team around that, right? Like that, that's supposed to be the strength mm-hmm. of the offense. And if that's not performing, then, you know, they're, they're in trouble. Yeah. I didn't look in, looking at, uh, you know, the defensive side of the ball. And I mean, they've had their moments and they've kind of kept games close, but I think the two, and I'm, I'm sure you would agree the two times that one in the dolphins game, one in the saints game, when, you know, in the fourth quarter, they had an opportunity to get the ball back and, and possibly you know, tie the game or, or, or get a lead. And, and both teams just ran it right down their throat when they knew that they were going to run. I mean, that's, you know, for all the free agent pickups you had on defense, those two series is just, um, you know, no matter how well they might've been playing and those two series just really, uh, I mean, just disappointing to not be able to, to get a stop there when, you know, they're just trying to run out the clock. Yeah. You know, the Miami game, they struggled, you know, the beginning of both halves, right? And then to your point, at the end of the game, they couldn't get a stop. And, and same thing, they got a little momentum with the late score. and They, they need they have a third and 11, right? And uh, they let the Saints convert the third and 11, march down the field, and, and the game's over. So, agreed. You look at the defensive stats, and they're, they're pretty solid. Um, but watching the games themselves, they're not – Again, it's the the front seven isn't making as many impact plays in the backfield as mm-hmm. as I would have thought. Um, they're they haven't been good against the run. I mean, they, they really they really haven't. Um, the secondary has probably held up better than I thought it would. Without Gilmore, hasn't been. You know, I mean, J.C. Jackson's been playing really well, right? Um, so that part of it's been okay, but you just haven't seen the the pass rush and just the 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 movement up front that you would hope to see again it's 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 a mirror of the offense right we talked about it before the season and i think both you and i said the the two units we were uh most bullish on on the team were the two lines right the front the front seven on defense and the offensive Mm -hmm. line those were what i perceived to be going into the season 
the two biggest strengths of the team and they've just they've been underwhelming and disappointing and you know they don't have enough talent especially offensively on the outside to you know to overcome that that kind of hit so i think you know both both sides of the ball they really have to kind of firm up that part of the that part of their game if they want to if they want to you know have any better results yeah, let's talk. Uh, let's talk, Mac Jones. Obviously, I mean, it's going to be difficult for a, a rookie quarterback to come in, and um, you know, there were certain certain expectations. I I don't know. You know, I know it was clear that they they weren't going to uh, throw him to the wolves, and um, you know, they were going to keep it conservative. But um, I don't know. I mean, he. He may look a little bit better than some of these other rookie quarterbacks, but um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not. Again, it, is it play calling? I think McDaniel's. I don't. I don't know if he's done a great job with with some of the play calling. And um, but what are your thoughts on on Jones? I think he's. I feel like he's getting somewhat of a free pass uh, a little bit. I mean, he hasn't. You know, well, he had the interceptions obviously this last game, but. First two games, you know, a lot of dump offs, a lot of short stuff, and um, I don't know. I don't know what to what to make of it. Uh, again, I, I tend to want to be more negative than kind of what I'm I'm hearing. I, I just feel like if this was Cam Newton, he'd be getting absolutely blasted. But because it's Mac Jones, they're they're kind of going uh, kind of light on him. But how are you feeling about Jones right now? Yeah, I, I'm. I am more positive on him. Um, it is a lot of it's play calling, but a lot of it ties back to he doesn't have the time and he doesn't, they're not built to really throw it down the field a whole lot. I mean, he's completed what 67, 68% of his passes. Um, you're right. His, his yards per attempt is really, really small. He's, he's dumping it off a lot. Um, I think it's a couple of things. They don't want to, you know, force feed him and, and have him look like Zach Wilson. who's just chucking the ball downfield and, interception after interception after interception right part of it's that but i also think part of it's probably as these games have gone on and they've seen the lack of protection they're not going to just have him take a seven step drop and stand back there to get his, his you know head caved in um they got to prove that they can they can pass protect and, and protect him a little bit so that you don't um kind of you know stop his development you know mid game i think they just need to I don't have a problem with the way he played, right? Like the picks last week, the first one, he got hit as he was throwing the ball. The second one had nothing to do with him. I mean, Johnny Smith just tossed it up in the air and the guy caught it, brought it back for pick six. And then the third one was end of the game. He was just trying to make something happen. I mean, that's really – so I think he's kind of come as delivered, um, as advertised, I should say. I don't have any problem with the way he's played. I don't, I think he's put the ball for the most part where it needed to go. Um, and he's making the best out of, of what's available to him. I think ultimately if they want to have more chunk plays and they want to do those types of things, the tight ends have to be more involved. Smith has to be a lot better than he's been. Same with Henry and they need to protect them. They need to give him time to get the ball down the field because they, they don't have, you know, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, who's just going to burn down the sideline and make a play. That's just not how they are. They have Aguilar, but I mean, he's not, he's not Hopkins, you know? 
Yeah, another <clears throat> position group that you just touched on, the tight ends, obviously not the uh, production that they uh, anticipated when they opened up the checkbook for Smith and, and Henry there. Um, I don't know, is that is that play calling? Is that just, well, obviously they, they threw the Smith and he, you know, couldn't catch it last week, but um, just underwhelming production out of them too. And I don't know, just disappointing, right? Yeah, I, you know, and... and without completely and football's hard, right? Because, you know, when we were watching the game at, at, you know, um, at the fans viewpoint, right. But these defensive coordinators are, I'm sure going in saying, Hey, we're going to take the tight ends away because you're going to dare the Patriots to beat you on the outside, right? You, you beat us with your receivers that that's what they want you to do. So teams are, they're blitzing. They are, you know, stacking the box. They're taking all of that away, or at least trying to. And, you know, the play action hasn't really worked. Um, they haven't been able to get that movement and get it downfield. So again, I, it, it feels to me like it all just kind of, it's, it's all one big problem that just starts mm-hmm. with the lack of protection and the lack of movement. If they were running the ball, you know, four and a half, 4.8 yards a carry, and they were moving the chains with that, you can really start to do what they've done in the past. There's your play action. There's your tight ends down the seam. Chunk plays that way, right? But when you can't run the ball, teams are daring you to throw it down the field. Um, It's just a lot harder to do what they want to do and run the kind of offense they want to run. So, uh, you know, it has been underwhelming. And, And they tried to give Smith a few opportunities last week, and he dropped three passes, and one went back for a pick six. It just... It hasn't looked good across the board, um, but, you know, they got time yeah. to write the ship. Yeah, I mean, and you watch these games, and it's like it's like putting yourself, I mean, over the, over the last 20 years, putting yourself in, in the other teams that were going against the Patriots, you know, in their shoes. It's like these the Patriots are basically, they're doing what the Patriots did to other teams. They let them beat themselves, you know, costly turnovers as you go, go into a tying field goal, turn the ball over. I mean, how many times did we watch, watch Patriots win games because the other teams lost it, you know, turnovers, bad penalties, um, special teams mistakes. And those are the things that they've been doing. And it's just, you know, this is this is what we've been watching, except the Patriots from been on the winning end the last 20 years. You know, it's just it's just remarkable. Yeah, I mean, I agree that they, they have, you know, been losing the turnover battle, you know, outside of uh, the, the Jets. And they I, again, I tie back to Jones. I think Jones fits that philosophy right in a vacuum. He's not going to he's not going to cost you the game. But you also can't expect him to win it for you at this, especially at this stage of his career. So, yeah, you're right. The penalties on the offensive line, the the, the lack of, um, you know, big play uh, capability on the outside, it's all there. And you're right. They have beat themselves. I mean, Harris doesn't fumble. They're, they're going to probably go down and score. Now they're 2-1. and one, And even that one-game swing right now kind of, it reframes the conversation, right? If they're two and one instead of one and two, I mean, right. the one thing that you, you you hope is that historically, I mean, the Patriots, a lot of times they do start slow. They do really kind of use the first four or five games as kind of an extended preseason. 
um, just to kind of see what they have, put different people in different situations, all those types of things. Um, so, you know, there could be some, some improvement coming. They usually are trying to build up toward October, November, especially November. So I'm not ready to completely, you know, right. um, disavow my, 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 you know, <laughs> optimism, but mm-hmm. they have to fix the offensive line and the front seven needs to make poor plays. If those two things don't change, then yeah, we're staring at a, you know, a less than 500 team because they don't have the other pieces to the puzzle to, to, you know, counteract, you know, those areas not performing at a very, very high level. Yeah. And I, and we'll talk more about the Bucks game coming up, but I think, I mean, I don't know, obviously the, the Bucks are, are more talented and, and everything would lean towards them beating the Patriots this weekend, but you just want to see some, some progress on the Patriots side, you know, if they, uh, again, have saying this with a Patriots team, you know, like, uh, uh, a good loss or whatever that's where we've we've gotten to but uh you know just to be competitive against them if they if they don't win at least being competitive to see some progress because these first three games i mean um it's just really there's been no progress it's been kind of the same uh the same deal so um so let's talk about this week uh obviously brady back in town and um obviously uh, all the media hype and uh, i guess it hasn't been too too bad but it's certainly out there and then you got this worker sham book coming out and and all this this stuff uh being said so um one thing that uh i want to get your take on <laughs> i think belichick's first uh news conference of the of the week there he comes out and says that you know he never <laughs> We never wanted Brady to leave, and I mean, just a bunch of horseshit as far as I'm concerned. But what what did you uh, what did you make of that? And I mean, to me, that was just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I think both of them are just playing, trying to play nice in, in the sandbox this week with each other, right? Like, I don't think either of them want to say anything um, that's gonna, you know, further exacerbate how much coverage and how much you know focuses on the two of them so there we've ta- we talked about this multiple times i mean he can say what he wants on this but his actions and the team's actions say that they weren't willing to commit to him in a fashion that he deserved so right. he was looking to go somewhere else they're the ones that opened the door that allowed him to walk out of it right if they had done all of the things that they had, you know, uh, kind of done in the past and, and, you know, acquiesced a little bit for him as he got older and wanted more say in, in how things were run and, and those types of things, he'd still be here. I don't, and I don't think the guy was looking to get out, but they, they weren't willing to do that. And, you know, it is disingenuous to say now you didn't want him to go. Maybe, yeah, at the last minute when Garoppolo's out the door, and you have no other options, I'm sure at that point you probably didn't want him to go. But you were backed into a corner at that point. Like, why didn't you take care of it the last three years? Why didn't you sign him to a long-term extension? Why didn't you give him a financial commitment um, that was commiserate with how he was still playing? They didn't do any of that. So, uh, you know, I don't see how you can say with a straight face that you didn't want him to go. Um, There's – all the evidence would be be to the contrary. 
So let's look at this uh, this Bucks team this year, two and one. Um, and you would say that their weakness is is their secondary because they've been thrown upon a lot. However, uh, is that something that you know you want Mac Jones dropping back forty times with the offensive line, which we just talked about? So um, I don't know. How do you how do you go about attacking this team and defending Brady? And um, you know, do you think they have a, a chance to be competitive uh, Sunday night? Uh, I I want them to be competitive. I this is this is just a tough matchup for them. I mean, the way that I think you have to try to beat them is to control the ball, right? Like I I know that you know yeah the Cowboys threw on them a lot, but that's a different that's a different story, right? With with the weapons that they have, um, and then Stafford had a lot of success last week. Um, but again, to your point. I don't know if Jones is ready to do that. I, I think they have to try to stick with their formula or how they're we're going to play it on win games this year, which is ball control, pound the ball, you know, move the chains, control the clock, high percentage throws, don't turn it over, try to win the turnover battle and try to win time of possession battle. That's it. Because defensively, I mean, you're not going to stop them. Like they're going to score points. But can you limit their possessions? Can you maybe force a turnover? Um, you know, can you make them work for their points? Those types of things. But there's too they have too many weapons, man. That that, that team's not going to get completely shut down over the course of a 60 minute game. And you know Brady's coming out guns blazing. I, I am most interested to see what yeah. Belichick tries to do. You know, to trick them or to you know mm-hmm. kind of confuse them or anything. That that's the most you know interesting part of the game to me but I think you, you have to try to win how you're going to win you can't all of a sudden try to morph into what the Cowboys are and throw the ball 45 times that, that that's that's a recipe for disaster yeah and I think one thing that that may work to the Patriots advantage and and maybe Brady gets too amped up you know you know he wants to come in and and draw up uh, you know a 50 spot on on them but you know, maybe he gets so amped up that he's, you know, he's a little bit off or I don't know if you heard, I, I actually heard the, his press conference today and I don't know, he sounded terrible. I don't know if he, he's, I guess he's sick or not feeling yeah. well or something, but that would, <laughs> that would be, uh, again, anything to, to help because if he comes in a hundred percent, you know, and, um, yeah, it, they will be obviously tough, tough to, uh, to stop. And, um, yeah, what is what is Belichick gonna do? Of course, it's you know always been the narrative to pressure him up the middle and and yada yada. But right. we'll see. Uh, we'll see what what Belichick uh, comes up with. And I don't know. I don't think Gronk has practiced this week, but some I'm sure that he's gonna play on Sunday. I would think. And uh, Arians, you know, he he lets those veterans rest if needed. So I'm sure that that he'll be uh, he'll be available as well. Yeah. So and Antonio Brown's back off COVID list. So he's, he's playing like they, they, you know, they don't write, especially without Gilmore, all of those weapons, uh, there's going to be people open. Um, and the only shot they have is, is really kind of defensively is what you were just saying. They got to get pressure with the front four. They got to be able to get up in his face, make him uncomfortable and make him try to throw the ball short. Don't give him a ton of time. Um, you know, and, really kind of focus in on that. I'm assuming they'll probably play more zone than usual with, with all of the weapons that Tampa has. I don't know how you're going to match up with all those guys um, between Evans and, 
Godwin and Brown and the tight ends and, you know, Bernard coming out of the backfield. It's just, it's a really good team. There's a reason why he picked Tampa (laughs) and there's a reason why they won the Super Bowl. They're, They're loaded on offense. They really are. Yeah, and it's one of those games where, you know, you feel and they probably do need like a special teams touchdown or a defensive touchdown, one of the, yeah. you know, to, because, you know, in order to put the points on the board to to beat this this team, uh, you're going to need to Unless something twice, completely so does a 180, unless they do a 180 on the, on the line and, uh, you know, uh, and mm-hmm. then, you know, the defensive line. Yeah, I agree. The only way they're going to win this game is – you know, fluky type plays, you know, uh, punt return or punt block, something, something like that that can turn the tide of the game because, you know, you just line these two teams up and you just say, who's going to, you know, who's going to play better football over 60 minutes. I mean, you'd have to be even a bigger homer than I am to think that New England could just do that. Right. So um, it's, it, it, this is, I, like I said, I want this game to be competitive so bad. I want the Patriots yeah. to win this game a ton. But I don't, I don't feel great about it. Yeah, I mean, we talked about, uh, you know, the protection, and it hasn't just been the offensive line, but the backs haven't helped either. Now with James White being out, I mean, not only a receiving yeah. back, but also a good blocker. But that's, yikes! That's good. That's that's definitely going to hurt uh, as well. So again, he's a huge you know, loss, man. He, he's, yeah, he's a great security blanket for quarterback, and he was actually meshing pretty well with Jones. I mean, like. He was he was getting the ball quite a bit, and he, he is he knows what he's doing on blitz pickups. He's dependable. He's just a really good football player, kind of like Kevin Falk used to be before him, right? Um, yeah. And that's a it is it's a big loss just because he's not gonna you know put up you know a hundred yards receiving and score two touchdowns, but he just makes good solid clutch plays all the time, and he he can be counted on and. I don't know what they're going to do there. I mean, I, I guess, you know, J.J. Uh, Taylor will play more in his absence. And is he, is he the pass catching back? Do they think Stevenson can can do that? I know they played Bolden last week, but, <laughs> you know, Bolden's a special teams guy. That's just because yeah. they were one running back short. Yeah, that's another coaching decision that, you know, up there with the offensive line to put, to give Bolden significant carries when, I mean, you know that he's not going to take the ball outside and get yards when you have Taylor that, you know, has a lot more wiggle than him. And like you said, Bolden's a special teams player. So why is he in there getting significant carries? Because he's a veteran, he's going to hold on the ball. Well, that's great, but he's not going to get you, you know, six yards uh, when you need, you know, five for a first down. So yeah, that, that was a head scratcher as well. So, um, but yeah, the, the, the loss of white is, is gonna, uh, it's gonna be tough to overcome. Um, any other thoughts on, uh, on this game Sunday night? Um, um, no, I'm, I'm interested. I mean, you know, it's a big deal tomorrow. I, I heard that uh, the today show, and yeah, the nightly yeah. news are both reporting live from Gillette. That's wild. I mean, the, the <laughs> amount of coverage that this game is going to have, I'm just, it's going to feel like a Super Bowl, like coverage wise, yeah. leading up to the game. That part of it's a little. Yeah, um, I think ESPN, ESPN count, not countdown, but their Sunday show, I think, is going to be from there as well. Is it really? Live, yeah. So uh, they'll be there Sunday morning. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. You know, uh, I'm really looking forward to the game. I'm excited. 
um, for it. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like, a little of the the fun is taken out so far for me because the Patriots are one and two going into it. It doesn't really feel great. If they had been two and one or three and oh coming into this, um, I think I would be even more, more excited for it. Um, I, yeah. I, I do hope that Brady gets, and I think he will, right? I mean, I don't know your thoughts here, but he's mm-hmm. got to get a great reception, right? They're not going to, people aren't booing him, are they? No, heck, heck no. I think he's going to get a great reset. Uh, I hope so. Yeah, uh, definitely. And then, I mean, it looks like he's going to break the passing record, right? So they're probably going to stop the game and he'll get another ovation, I'm sure, there. So there's going to be yeah. two, at least two uh, opportunities. And I know, I guess, I, don't know, I think what I heard was there's be some type of video that they're going to play. And, um, you know, they're talking about, you know, is Brady going to acknowledge it? And I, I'm, I think he will. And, and I think, I think that the fans are going to, are going to go crazy. To, uh, to be honest with you, I think, I think they're going to be pro Brady. So it'll be, it'll be interesting to, to see that. And to, I know we talked about what exactly they'll do, but uh, again, I'm sure it'll be something, something pretty classy and if it's a video or whatnot and i just uh i'd like to see brady acknowledge it and acknowledge the fans so um, i hope he gets a 10 minute ovation before the game and he throws four picks that's that's (laughs) exactly you know i mean that's that's what you want like you know you want it i hope he plays a really bad game but i hope he gets nothing but you know love and adoration from the crowd because there's just no athlete in in my lifetime that deserves it more than him you know Right, right. And how many, uh, after the game, how many cameras are going to be running with Brady and Belichick to <laughs> catch the, uh, whatever it's going to be, <laughs> the handshake, yeah. the embrace, the, I don't know what, but there'll be uh, 600 cameras uh, running onto the field to catch that. So, so it should be uh, That will be, uh, yeah, that will be probably the most scrutinized uh, midfield <laughs> post-game uh, handshake, whatever they do, hug handshake, mm. whatever, um, it probably in the history of the NFL. Wickersham's going to have to write, like, a whole other, like, uh, chapter of his book on it after he can add on to it. Right. Kind of right. tell us the inside scoop of the handshake. Yeah. Any um, any other uh, general NFL thoughts after three weeks that uh, just kind of caught your eye or any teams or players or anything in general um, after um. the first few weeks? I mean, there's a couple surprise teams. It's just it's still so early. Like mm-hmm. Denver is three and zero, right? Um, mm-hmm. Carolina is three and zero. Just you know, I, I wouldn't expect those trends to continue a little bit. Um, yeah, Raiders three and zero. Yeah, the Raiders. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, Buffalo looked pretty rough against uh, against Pittsburgh, but boy, they they looked pretty good last week. You can see the talent right. on that team they're they're they looked really good despite that you know that kind of early loss that that's that okay let's circle back pittsburgh's looked awful okay i know they won that game in buffalo but that seemed more like a uh a, a function of buffalo just for whatever reason not being able to to move the ball boy pittsburgh's yeah, offense ben, does uh, not look good yeah big ben yeah. looks like yeah, we're about we're about done with big right, I think, yeah, I think he, he's one of those maybe uh, one year uh, too much here if it's what it's look, looking like right now. Well, and but, see, uh, it's, you can tie it back to the Patriots, man. I think what Pittsburgh is living through right now is what Belichick's fear was going to be right. with Brady. 
The difference right. is Brady just defies all logic and all yep. boundaries, and he's just a unicorn. And Ben Roethlisberger is not a unicorn. Ben no. Roethlisberger is aging in front of our very eyes, and here at Pittsburgh is, and they're they're stuck. You know, so I, yep. that's the that's the flip side to the decision that Belichick made. Right? He he made the decision to want to move on from him or whatever he wants to say now, but his actions led to that because he didn't want to be like Pittsburgh right now. And I mean, who right. knows? Like the jury's going to still be out. If Mac Jones turns into a 12 year starter and he wins a lot of playoff games and he ends up winning a Super Bowl or two, then ultimately he can look back and feel good about his decision, you know? Um, but that's that's a lot of pretty big ifs. If Brady wins two or three more Super Bowls, it's hard to believe Mac Jones is ever going to win two or three, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, another team that, again, starting off kind of slow, but Chiefs are one and two and certainly don't think that that's going to be a team under 500. So they certainly have too much talent on on that team to, to not uh, be at the top of, of the AFC. So again, it's early, like you said, and again, seven this, this year, 17 games. So I'd yeah. be interested to see kind of how that, um, you know, how that plays out. You know, our injury is going to be more of a factor with the extra game or not. Um, we'll see. One thing I think I've noticed is, I don't know, has been, has there been more penalties um this year or maybe just because the Patriots are getting called for more penalties, but it seems like every play there, every play there could be a penalty, be it whatever holding uh, illegal contact, uh, whatever, but just seems maybe that's how it is in the beginning of every year. And then kind of, as you get closer to the end in the playoffs, yeah, it evens out, but yeah, anyway, it's good. uh, The Patriots are usually the least penalized team or one of them. So they're not right now. Um, I will say one other one other quick team too that you know, and I don't normally like to give any credit to this team, but boy, Dallas has looked better than I thought they would have looked. Um, I know mm-hmm. they lost to Tampa, but their offense looked excellent that game, and their defense hasn't been awful. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're actually they actually have looked you know pretty pretty decent. Um, not perfect, but man, they they do have a whole lot of talent on offense, man. They, they can, do they a lot can of spread receivers. Spread that ball around. A lot of receivers. You know, Pollard spelling Elliot. Like they, they just, they they have a lot of talent on that side of the ball. If their defense can even be halfway decent, they should win a decent amount of games, man. They, they yeah, they especially in that division. Yeah, especially in that division. They they're clearly uh, as of right now, you would have to think the the front runner in that division. But yeah, they they did look good uh, against Stamper and and you know Prescott coming. Heck, that was his what first game in almost a year, and uh, he looked really good. So yeah, they're uh, definitely um, one more for you, Justin Herbert. He is good. He is definitely uh, definitely a a player. Yeah, to go into Kansas City, that's a I mean that's a that's a huge win. And even the Washington game, he made some huge throws Mm -hmm. in the Washington game on the road. He he's just a really he's a really good. NFL quarterback and you know they they have a solid solid team around him I mean Keenan Allen's really good uh the running back Eckler he's real good they they just Mm -hmm. you know they drafted the offensive lineman in the first round they uh uh, they have a chance to be really good 
Yeah, how the how the Dolphins feeling about uh, about that uh, decision on that draft night there, taking uh, Tua instead of uh, Glazier. So Glazier's that... saying though to to watch out for the for the Watson situation. Um, there's been some rumors. Yeah. He didn't really indicate yeah. the team, but you got to think that's Miami, right? You, you got to think that Miami's the the most motivated team to make a move for him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what they were talking about, kind of before the start of the season. So um, you would, yeah, you would. But I mean, so I mean, is he really going to play? You think this year? I mean, I mean, see he's gets not traded? on any sort of exempt list or anything. He's not. But uh, uh, kind of be a dicey situation there. But I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't want I the Patriots getting involved yeah. there and giving up a ton of draft capital on something like that. But Miami. You know, you have to feel like these teams are going to be relatively informed on the entire situation. And I don't know. Does it mean that Houston's asking price is going down? Does it mean that Miami's going to be more willing to meet the asking price? It's it's hard to know. Um, you know, I just it seems it seems like that situation is going to something's going to happen there um, at some point. So I don't know. Be really curious to see how that plays out. All right, so before we get off football here, we'll yeah, I mean, I think we both both looking forward to Sunday night, obviously, hoping that we were going into uh, this game um, with a little bit higher expectations with the Patriots, like you said, at, at the worst two and one, but but that's not the case, but certainly uh, all eyes will be on the game Sunday night, so something to look forward to. So let's talk Red Sox and the wild card real quick here. What do we got? Four games left. They are, uh, I know they're in the second spot right now, but uh, some struggles with the Yankees and then lost the first game to the Orioles before bouncing back last night. You got to think they're going to get one of the, one of the two spots here, but um, how are you feeling uh, about uh, the Red Sox right now? They're down 6-2 tonight to Baltimore. Oh, yeah, tell me that. Bottom of the eighth. But Yankees are up 5-2 on Toronto. So that's helpful. Um, yeah, they're, they're skidding in, man. I mean, they – it just hasn't been consistent. They had a little streak there where they were playing better. Um, but it's – it's you know, I think we talked about it last time. It's just been a struggle since the uh, – since the trading deadline, they haven't been consistent. And, uh, you know, they're, they got hit with that COVID outbreak. And I think that set them back. And um, the pitching hasn't been as, as, as good. Um, they play in, they play in the best division in baseball. I mean, there are four really good teams in that division and it's a meat grinder. They're just, it's just really hard um, to get through that entire season, and they're they're hanging on. I mean, if they can get in the playoffs, one game playoff, I'm assuming you know you just put Sale on the mound yeah. and you take your chances there. But well, let me ask you. Let, let you me know. ask you this. So, I can I make an argument that Avaldi has been the better big game pitcher? Um, I mean, even in 2018, than Sale. I mean, is it definitely Sale gets the ball on the one game playoff? You think? You, I mean, you can make that argument, but Sale's going to get the ball. Like, I, I mean, Avaldi's been really good this year, but it's it's Chris Sale. Like, he, he's a you know, and I get it. Like his his postseason numbers, he hasn't been 
but a lot of that is, you know, historically he's worn, he's got worn down in the second yeah. half of the season. I mean, it's, it's been even not even a postseason thing with him. I mean, historically, like he fades in September, right. As, as he's made 30 starts and he just really kind of, his performance kind of, kind of swoons a little bit. Um, he doesn't have that problem this year, right. He's, he's only been pitching when he, since the beginning of August, um, mm-hmm. middle of August. So I, I don't, I get that Evaldi's been really, really good this year. He's he's been on balance, their best pitcher, um, him and probably Whitlock. Um, but you you're paying Sale a gazillion dollars to be your ace. That's why you that's why you gave him that contract extension. That's why you pay that guy is to go out and win a one game winner take all scenario. So to me, it's. It's a no-brainer, regardless. I mean, he's he should start. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe just seeing what happened this week with you know Tuesday night needing needing the win in Baltimore and Sale couldn't get the W, and then Evaldi last night pitching well. So maybe just because I was fresh in my mind of what happened this week, um, you know, I threw it out there. But yeah, I, I understand uh, that that most likely Cora or has to kind of give sale the ball but i mean cord has done some crazy things not that he won't you know start sale but you know maybe he pitches them both in that first game who knows i mean he's, he he's been known in the playoffs to to really juggle the pitchers and put starters in the bullpen etc so i think he's he'll probably do whatever he feels that that's needed to to get that one w and then he'll worry about the next series after that so um I think he's definitely unconventional in, in that aspect. So, yeah, yeah one I mean, game, one their, game like, playoff. Point, they, they use their starters in the playoffs a lot in 18. I mean, in the bullpen a lot in 18. I mean, Sale got the final out, yeah. right? In 18. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't put it. I mean, when it's a one-game scenario like that, I don't think you can take anything off the table. I think everybody's everybody's ready. Everyone's ready to pitch, and then, you get through that, you get into the, the first round of the wild card five game series, right? Still a five game series, isn't it? Uh, I believe so, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then you kind of take it from there. But um yeah, I could I, I definitely I, I you know you pitch sale if he starts to get in trouble. I mean, I would think of Aldi would be the first guy they would call him to come in because he has been really good. I mean, he he's been by far their most consistent starter, so um, I guess I wouldn't have a massive problem with it if they started Evaldi, but it's just, I mean, you know, like I said, he's Chris Sale. Like, he's one of the best pitchers yeah. in, 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 in the game, and he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Like, you just, I think you got to ride with him at least to start and see what he has. All right, so they have finish up tonight, and then there's three games with the Nationals, right? So when is yep. when is the when is the wild card game? What is it? Tuesday or Wednesday? I think it's you know? Tuesday. It's gonna, is it Tuesday? It, okay, I'm pretty sure it's Tuesday. Yeah, the season ends Sunday. I think there's an off day Monday, and then they start they start the one game playoff on Tuesday. And your Celtics started training camp this week, right? Here uh, we go. You guys. <laughs> I mean, like iPhone. One early prediction. You, you hear my voice just lighting up when you talk about the Celtics. I'm so happy right now. I've seen some iPhone uh, cloudy videos of like uh, shoot arounds and three point. Oh call. yeah, <laughs> Jalen Brown yeah. deep threes with no one on him in a practice facility. But I was very excited about all of it. Seeing nice. Grant skinny Grant Williams hit a couple threes in a one on one drill. 
I've been, yeah, I've been watching all of that grainy, grainy footage. Right. You know, recorded by like Chris Forsberg or whoever's sitting up in those, in those rafters. But I, I am, yeah, I mean, I'm such a homer, but I am so excited about the Celtics. I can't wait. I already got league pass. I'm ready to roll. Like I, I am, I, I am thinking they're going to exceed expectations. Everything that could have went wrong, went wrong for them last year. Like literally everything. There, there's no way that all those things are going to go wrong. And last year they just didn't have any depth. They just, they, they, they were dependent completely on unproven kids and guys that are not NBA rotation players. And this year, if they start Horford at the four and, and Time Lord at the five with, you know, obviously Smart Tatum and Brown, their their bench is going to be Schroeder, Josh Richardson. Um, they're going to have they, – they're going to have real competent NBA veterans on their bench. And that's going to make just a massive difference compared to, you know, what they had to do last year. And then you hope, you know, like Pritchard and, and Neesmith can, can take some steps forward. But, you know, they, they picked up Cantor. Um, you know, who can provide them some depth on the front line, you know, especially in the regular season. I'm excited about them. And I think, I, I think they needed a change in voice at the head coach. I think Yudoka coming in will, you know, hopefully have a positive impact on their defensive intensity and hopefully they play at a, at a greater rate of speed. And it just, you know, I think having smart at the point, man, I like it. Defensively, he's a bulldog. He, he, and, and I think, Having the ball in his hands and letting him be the distributor and make the decisions, I think, decreases the likelihood of like, oh, I'm getting the ball in the wing. I got to get my shot up. I'm, I'm taking this 30-footer. I think he won't feel the need to do that as much because he's going to be in control of the offense. He's going to be orchestrating it. So I don't think you're going to see him go crazy with heat checks. If anything, I think you're going to see his shot selection get a lot better. It's clear, Haley, that you kept – a gallon of the Kool-Aid in the back of the fridge still. So it's not all. I, I am I am looking no. at my computer through green colored glasses right now, my friend. <laughs> the green Kool-Aid is still flowing. 50 wins, Case. 50 wins. Hey, let me ask you about a, uh, I guess, kind of a mess of a situation in Philadelphia with Ben Simmons. How do you uh, how do you see that that playing out? He seems to be digging in here, saying that he's not going to be playing for them. Um, yeah, and then he's got lost a few verbal grenades at him today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, you're right. It's a kind of unprecedented. Like you said, four years left on his contract, and he's just not showing up now. Uh, I mean, it's a mess, right? He 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 did implode in the playoffs. He has not really improved the shortcomings in his game. It's hard to build a team around him because he's just – he's exceptional at a few things, and, but he's deeply flawed. When you can't shoot, you're deeply flawed. But, man, he does some things really, really well too. Um, but I think that that was done – well, you know, they were going to trade him for Harden, and then Houston just didn't take their offer because they didn't want to deal with Maury after Maury left them high and dry. But I think he kind of made up his mind at that point. But then after that game, when Embiid kind of called him out for saying, hey, that the key play in our loss was him passing up a layup to pass to Matisse Tybel. And then Doc was asked, can you win a title with him as your point guard? And Doc says, I don't know. They, they can come back today. They, Doc can come back now and say that. Oh, I didn't mean it that way. You're taking out a nah, man. You, you kind of threw him under the bus, and he just dug in, and he's not coming back. And then – 
you know, his camp lets out that he doesn't want to play with Embiid anymore. It's hurting him as a player. And then today Embiid, um, Embiid unloaded on him. I don't know if you saw it, but um, Embiid unloaded on him today. There's, there's no more, hey, we want you to come back. Let's be friends. Today it was, it's disrespectful. We tried to build the team around him. We let Jimmy Butler go to, to acquiesce to your needs. That was a mistake. Embiid was not having it today. So they're going to be forced to move him. It's just a matter of you're not going to – Maury wants Lillard or Beal, and they're just not going to be available yeah, for yeah. him. And are you willing to wait? The question for them is, are you – He's. I don't see him showing up. So – are you going to let him just sit at home? Are you going to find him? I think you probably have to, right? Is mm-hmm. he willing to yeah. eat the loss of the money? And is Philly just waiting? Is Philly willing to ride this out until the trade deadline when a team gets desperate, you know, to make a move and they'll they'll start to pay more, you know, uh, a higher price to get him? Or is the distraction just too much and they just have to move him for 60 cents on the dollar now? That's going to be the big question, right? Because – you're not going to get equal value for him right now. His his, his value is too damaged. Mm-hmm. And all of it's great because I don't want Philly to be good anyway. So, I mean, I'm right. all for all of this dysfunction. Exactly. Let's that's go so for it. You know? Yeah. Uh, it's it's nice to see uh, the Sixers uh, dysfunctional. That's a good thing to see. Yeah, it's great. And we'll get to watch, you know, the Celtics' former backcourt play for the Knicks and Walker and Fournier. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, I, I am I am ready for some preseason basketball. Let's all go. All right. So tomorrow's October first, so we're getting into that season of all four sports. Really, being uh, we got hockey and basketball coming, and baseball playoffs, and and football in, in full swing. So that time of year, we're uh, I don't know, sitting on the couch and uh, getting fat, and watching sports. So uh, not is, a bad is is the new question: Will the Celtics hit three wins before the Patriots? <laughs> Oh God! Let's see. Will they hit three wins? I don't know. I don't know. I think. Uh, well, the I'm Patriots got go the Texans. The they got the Texans, right? I think after the Bucks. So, oh, good Lord! I hope they can beat the Texans. But um, yeah, that's another thing about. I mean, looking at this Patriots schedule in in with the Dolphins and the Saints, you know, a couple of games that they've played after the Patriots or uh, before with the Saints, it's like these teams are teams that they you know they should have beaten but what can you do now 11 so. and 3 case they just have to go 11 and 3 and 12 and 5 predictions they can do it. all right just remember just remember we have uh all this uh recorded and, and we can access uh every one of your predictions at any time and you know maybe i'll even splice up the recordings and, and <laughs> include it including it in a future podcast so we can we can relive uh relive some hot takes from the past so well i mean you already have my uh Miami Heat take that was immediately disproven by Melton when he told me they were losing by 40 to the Bucs and then the Bucs went on to win the title. So you have that. You already have that ready to go. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm still choosing on this last day of September to be optimistic. I think that the Patriots will turn it around. I, their history would be that they play better as the season goes on. I think they'll figure it out. I, I really do. It's been frustrating. Um, but there's some good things too. The quarterback hasn't imploded. He doesn't. It doesn't look like the moment's too big for him. He doesn't look overwhelmed or anything. They just got to get the line fixed. And I don't know. I, I'll still ride with. Uh, I don't think they're going to win right. Sunday. But I think they're they're, yeah. they're going to be okay. 
All right. Good to hear, Hilly. Good to hear. All right. Hey, I'll let you. I know you You can't wait to get to the, the Bengals-Jaguars game and uh, catch the second half of that. So we'll let you go so you can watch uh, Joe Burrow and uh, Lawrence there uh, throw interceptions to each other's team. So anything else right. for me, buddy? No, um, we'll, uh, next time we talk, I'll give you some, uh, early percentages on corner threes on, uh, with, uh, <laughs> with Jalen Brown and, uh, Aaron Smith. We'll, we'll talk through it. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Thanks case. All right. Appreciate buddy. It. Thanks. Hilly. We'll talk All to right, you soon. Talk soon. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. Great stuff with Hilly there. Still showing confidence and optimism in the Patriots that they're going to turn it around here. Uh, hopefully that starts this Sunday against the Buccaneers. So let's make some picks here. I know that I missed last week, but I'll get caught up here. So Pats plus one picks going into uh, the results of week two. Let's kind of recap there because uh, we didn't discuss last week. So I had the Jets against the Patriots with the points, and that was a loss. And I had the Titans plus six against the Seahawks, and that was a win. So um, after week two, uh, I was 0-2 with the Pats pick and 1-1 with the plus one. So week three, you'll just have to take my word for this, but <clears throat> I had picked the Pats. Uh, thinking obviously that they they were going to handle the Saints at home, so that's a loss. Uh, and then I went with the Packers um, over the Niners, so that was a win there. So overall, Pats picks are 0 and 3. The plus one picks are 2 and 1. So overall, through week three, I am 2 and 4. Not good. Not good. So week four, let's look here. So obviously, uh, Bucks at Patriots. Uh, Bucks are minus seven. Yeah, I mean, if I was gonna bet this game, I don't, I don't know how you, you don't, uh, you know, you don't take the Bucks here. I can't see from what I've seen thus far. Uh, look like the Patriots are gonna be overmatched. But again, this looks like one of these. You know, everyone's picking the picking the bucks here and then you know the patriots will show up and make a game of it but if i had to bet again i'm going to bet the bucks so i'm going to go with the bucks minus seven my second pick my plus one uh, i'm going to go with the ravens minus a point at the broncos i know the broncos are undefeated uh ravens are a little bit uh banged up uh, but I'm going to go with the Ravens minus one as my plus one. So Bucks, Ravens for week four. <clears throat> so that's going to be it for this week. We will uh, we'll be back obviously next week to recap uh, Bucks Patriots game. Looking forward to it obviously as is I think everyone in New England and Everyone across the country, probably the most anticipated regular season game in, in quite some time, if not ever, anticipating uh, highest ratings uh, also. So it's going to be fun. Looking forward to it. I hope you all enjoy it, and I hope you tune in uh, next week for a recap. So thanks again for listening to Patriots Unpacked. Be well. Be good.